And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliceness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Romans 1, 28 through 32. Greetings, shalom, peace be upon you, welcome back to the broadcast, I'm Sean your host, website is www.scriptureandprophecy.com, that's where you go to find the archives, read the devotionals, sign up for the free Hebrew for beginners uh, courses, that's where you go to support this work and support the mission of truth. Thank you for joining me this morning, we are looking at our prophets portion for this week, which is how the book of Amos, the prophet Amos, chapter 2, verses 6 through chapter 3, verse 8. Not very long, so this may be a shorter podcast today, but it's not one of the more, uh, how, should you, how should I say, uh, feel-good type portions. This week is about the judgment of Israel for specific, for specific reasons and the punishment of of Israel. And I've got a little devotional I've written uh, that I will send out in the email at the end of the week, but I'm also going to just share it with you after we're done with our reading. Um, so that is, uh, that's how we're going to handle this this morning. Amos chapter 2, I'm going to read it, we're going to talk about it, and then I'll share the devotional with you. And uh, I just pray that it pierces your hearts and causes you to draw all the more near to God. That is my prayer. All right, enough rambling to get this thing started. Let's have a look. Amos chapter 2, starting with verse 6. We're going to read from the King James Bible. Thus saith the Lord, For three transgressions of Israel, and for four, I will not turn away the punishment thereof. Please note, we need to stop before we even finish with the first verse that we're reading today. Because I just want to make this obvious point. He says, for three transgressions and for four, so really four transgressions, I will not revoke the punishment, right? It says, can't be reversed. He says, thus saith the Lord, for three transgressions of Israel and for four, I will not turn away the punishment thereof. You see, there comes a point. You know, we talked earlier this week about God's great mercy and long-suffering, and all those things are true. And the fact that America and the rest of the world is still standing today is an example of that great mercy, that great long-suffering. 
You see, the scriptures say that he is not slack like some would consider slackness, but he just wishes that all would come to repentance, right? None would have to be destroyed, that all would come to repentance. I'm paraphrasing. But there comes a point when certain lines have been crossed, and he's going to list four of them, and they've been crossed too long. So the lines that are being crossed are too wicked, they've been crossed for too long, and the breaking point happens, and then the judgment's coming, and there's nothing that can be done to reverse it. And I always fear for America, but honestly, the nations around the world, because every nation is guilty, and some even more so than the United States of America. And so this is where we are in our story, and this is what's happening to Israel at this time as the prophet Amos prophesies this judgment that's coming. Alright, enough interruptions. Let's actually read it. Thus saith the Lord, For three transgressions of Israel and for four I will not turn away the punishment thereof. Because they sold the righteous for silver and the poor for a pair of shoes. They pant after the dust of the earth on the head of the poor, and turn aside the way of the meek. And a man and his father will go in unto the same maid to profane my holy name. And they lay themselves down upon clothes laid to pledge by every altar, and they drink the wine of the condemned in the house of their God. Yet destroyed I the Amorite before them, whose height was like the height of the cedar, And he was strong as the oaks, yet I destroyed his fruit from above and his roots from beneath. So God lists all these things that they've done, and we'll cover them when we get to the devotional. And then he says, you do this even though I did this great thing for you. I destroyed the Amorite, who, by the way, was a clan of giants. As it goes on to say, before them, whose height was like the height of cedars. And he was strong as the oaks, yet I destroyed his fruit from above and his roots from beneath. Let's continue verse 10. Also, I brought you up from the land of Egypt and led you forty years through the wilderness to possess the land of the Amorite. And I raised up for your sons for prophets and your young men for Nazarites. Is it not even thus, O ye children of Israel, saith the Lord? But you gave the Nazarites wine to drink, and commanded the prophets, saying, Prophesy not. God is saying, you know, I I destroyed the giants. I brought you out of Egypt. I raised up prophets out of you guys. And Nazarenes, which were the people that were so committed to God, right? They didn't cut their hair. They never touched alcohol. And he's like, but you, you forced the prophets not to speak. And you made the Nazarites to drink wine. Kind of nullifying those covenants, right? 13. Behold, I am pressed under you as a cart is pressed that is full of sheaves. Therefore the flight shall perish from the swift, and the strong shall not strengthen his force. Neither shall the mighty deliver himself. Neither shall he stand that handleth the bow, and he that is swift on foot shall not deliver himself. Neither shall he that rideth on the horse deliver himself. And he that is courageous among the mighty shall flee away naked in that day, saith the Lord. So God's saying the judgment's coming. 
and even the most strong among you. Your strength, your swiftness, your speed, your craftiness, your talent for war, like none of that's going to save you. And even the most courageous among you, the bravest people among you, when they see the judgment of the Lord coming, they'll run like they're naked. They'll cower, even the most courageous. All right, eight more verses. We're into chapter three now. Hear this word that the Lord has spoken against you, O children of Israel, against the whole family which I brought up from the land of Egypt, saying, You only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore will I punish you for all your iniquities. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Please note, God is saying, look, you're the only people that I've known, that I've taken the time to be close with and intimate with and speak to, and yet you've done all of this, and because you have no excuse, right? Because you've had the favor of God, the knowledge of God, I'm going to punish you. He's saying, can two walk together except they be agreed, right? It's kind of like when Jesus says you can't serve both God and mammon, right? You can't serve both God and money. You can't, you can't be on both sides of the fence, right? You can't be madly in love with the world and madly in love with God. It doesn't work. Continue on. Verse 4, will a lion roar in the forest when he hath no prey? Will a young lion cry out of his den if he hath taken nothing? Can a bird fall in a snare upon the earth where there, where no gin is for him? Shall one take up a snare from the earth and have taken nothing at all? Shall a trumpet be blown in the city and the people not be afraid? Shall there be evil in a city and the Lord hath not done it? Surely the Lord God will do nothing but he reveal his secrets unto his servants, the prophets. The lion hath roared, who will not fear? The Lord God has spoken. Who can but prophesy? And that is the end of our portion for today. I have to point out uh, verse 7. Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secrets unto his servants, the prophets. Unfortunately, that verse there has just been abused and overused by what I call YouTube prophets. These are people that do what I do. They podcast or they they do YouTube channel and they're always prophesying but their prophecies rarely come to pass in fact they almost never do and they always use this verse to justify their prophesying they'll say this is what God told me in a dream or this is what God told me in a vision this is what's going to happen and then they would say and before you say that I don't know what I'm talking about don't forget about Amos chapter 3, verse 7, which says, Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he reveal his secrets to his servants, the prophets. I just bring that up to say, just be careful with that. Beware of YouTube prophets. I'm not saying they're all false prophets or anything like that. But I am saying, beware. Be careful. All right. I'd like to share my devotional with all of you that I've that I wrote. Yesterday morning when I was kind of studying and preparing for today's podcast uh, that goes along with this week's portion. Here's what I put down. Once again, this week's prophet portion 
comes with a great warning of judgment that should cause America and the nations around the world to tremble, to fall on their faces with a great mourning, prayer, and repentance. In the book of Amos, God pronounces an unrevocable judgment on the nation of Israel. He expresses that there are four transgressions being committed by his people that he simply cannot overlook and allow to go unpunished. So let's reread that little tiny section there, Amos 2, uh, 6 through 8, two verses. Thus saith the Lord, For three transgressions of Israel, and for four, I will not turn away the punishment thereof, because they sold the righteous for silver, and the poor for a pair of shoes, that plant after the dust of the earth on the head of the poor, and turn aside the way of the meek. And a man and his father will go into the same maid, to profane my holy name, and they lay themselves down upon clothes laid to pledge by alt every altar, and they drink the wine of the condemned in the house of their God. These four transgressions. Our sins in America is deeply involved with, along with most of the rest of the world. So let's examine them, and I'm going to give you kind of my take on the four. I may not be right, but this is just what came to my mind as I was reading through this yesterday. So I'm going to give, I'm going to cover each one of these four transgressions real quick here. Number one, they dealt with the poor and needy in a cruel way, profiting off their suffering, treating them as cattle that can be bought and sold. Number two, sexual immorality. Specifically mentioned in this passage is a father and a son sharing the same woman in a sexual manner, right? It says, a father and a son will go into the same maid profaning my name. Here in America and many other parts of the world, we have every form of sexual immorality and we have it in abundance. Sexual immorality is so rampant in America that every form of wicked perversion is not, not only acceptable, but in many cases celebrated. Number three, they acknowledge other gods, false gods, and make pledges to them. Here in America, the one true God has been removed from our public schools, universities, government buildings, and even the lukewarm Christian church. Meanwhile, every other false god is free to be admired and worshipped in these institutions, and this includes Satan himself. Number four, they drink wine of the condemned in the house of their God, is what Amos says. And when I read this, what comes to mind is an attitude of the people of God to take pleasure in unrighteousness. To take pleasure with the unrighteousness, those who reject God, and take pleasure in the things of the world. We see a similar warning from Paul in the book of Romans when he discusses what culture will be like in the end of days. I need to rewrite that phrase there before I send this out this weekend. What I'm trying to say is, it says that they drink the wine of the condemned in the house of their God. It's kind of like they're taking pleasure in what's being done by the unrighteous, right? Is, is what was coming to my mind. And maybe I'm off on that basis, but let me reread that passage from Romans. He says, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge... So that's kind of the same thing that we're seeing in this uh, punishment. It says, God gave them over to a reprobate mind 
to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, here's the part I wanted to bring up, but have pleasure in them that do them. God is saying, it's not enough, it's not it's not just those who commit these crimes or these abominations, but though those who take pleasure in them that do those things are also condemned. So it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like, well, I don't commit fornication, but I like to watch videos of people committing fornication. Okay, well, that's the same thing. You're taking pleasure in what those people are doing, right? That's what we're getting at. Or I don't use foul language or, or I don't, you know, enter in whatever the sin is, but I don't mind watching people do it on TV. Right? You're taking play. Or, I don't say filthy jokes, but I like to laugh at filthy jokes. When you, Do you understand what I'm saying? It's taking pleasure in those doing the bad thing. And it says that they drink the wine of the condemned, so they take pleasure in the thing of the people who are already condemned, and they do it in the house of their God, is what the fourth uh, thing was that God just could not overlook. Let me finish my devotional here. When I read this portion and I look at the transgressions of Israel, transgressions that God says cannot go unpunished, I can't help but grieve for my country. For we have committed these crimes all the more wickedly. We have transgressed the commandments of our God. We have partaken in some of the worst sexual immorality in the history of humanity. We have been unkind to the poor and we have allowed the worship of every God except the one true God. May the Lord of righteousness remember his remnant. May his true followers, though they be few, get on their faces with deep repentance and mourning. May his great mercy and compassion be upon his children, and may he remember us in the time of his anger and his wrath. I think about Habakkuk who says, O God, in wrath remember mercy. That is the podcast for this morning. And I know it may not be as uplifting as I try to be with you guys, but we will never sacrifice the truth uh, to feel good. And in fact, God's people take pleasure in all of the truth, right? We talked about that earlier this week too. Whatever's true, that's what God's people take pleasure in. And we don't fear these things because we are under the wing of the Most High. We take refuge under His wing. We go into our hiding place until the indignation be overpassed. Right? Like the prophet Isaiah says. We have no reason to fear. We pray every day, Lord, count me worthy to escape all these things that are coming upon the earth and to stand before the Son of Man. I pray you've been blessed this morning. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for listening. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.